Hello, everyone, and welcome to a bonus episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Warney, and joining me on the line, as always, is Ethan Sachs. Ethan, the Arena Cube may be gone, but we are still here with more cube content. So first things first, I think in our, I think this is like kind of a milestone-ish, right? 250th episode. But in the now near five years of doing the show, or four and a half years of doing the show, I don't think we've ever recorded back-to-back episodes. (laughs) I think that is also true. Yeah. Yeah. So we just finished recording our episode for the week and now we're back in it for episode 250 for our January bonus episode. And second, the people have cried out, Ben, more cube content. And I think, you know, I'm excited to do this full 45 arena cube draft with you today, partially because we got such good feedback on last week's episode where we went, you know, a couple picks deep on a few drafts. And that took a long time just because there's so much to discuss. But the feedback we got was overwhelmingly like, yes, this is helpful, not only for people who are entrenched in cube, who I think just are looking for more cube content, but for people who feel like I want to dip my toe into cube or I've started drafting cube and I still feel unsure or I'm losing with gems a lot, etc. So again, I think to build on our other cube episodes we're hoping that this one will be helpful as well yeah i am really looking forward to this so we're gonna get to take a little trip down arena cube memory lane even though it is gone but not forgotten and we're gonna go through all 45 picks of this cube draft of mine um, and we'll check in at the end of each pack we'll talk about all of the picks in consideration you can follow along at home the full draft log will be available wherever you download the show so if you want to like you know see what you would take out of the pack pause the podcast play along at home or just listen through um i think either way is going to be fun to do so ben and our listeners are you ready to take a seat at the cube round table let's do it Okay, so pack one, pick one, cards in consideration. This is a fairly weak pack, I would say, in terms of cube packs. There's like three-ish cards that stand out to me. One is Blood Artist, which is one on a black for an 0-1. Whenever it or another creature dies, target player loses one life and you gain one life. This is, you know, there's a few of these effects. It's sort of redundant in terms of the black sacrifice decks. You've got Blood Artist, you've got Bastion of Remembrance, and you've got Meat Hook Massacre as I think the three ways to sort of do, and I guess Cruel Celebrant as well for Black white but you've got these these three four ways to do this drain thing in the black sack decks but it, it's an important piece of those decks yes cheap cards like this that are linchpins of their decks are very high picks and cube uh love struck beast if you wanted to you know force a karuga deck i think is possible this is three mana <laughs> five five and it has a, a heart's desire adventure which single green make a one one and the five five can't attack unless you control a one one creature or if you're a normal human being and just want to draft green and want a good green card. <laughs> oh, that's it. Is that an option? That's interesting. That's an interesting, interesting thing to say there. Um, and then Leer, Disciple of the Drowned, three blue, blue, three, four spells can't be countered. And then each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. The flashback cost is equal to that card's mana cost. I think this is, we've talked about this before, but one of the, the best additions to the cube. Super, super powerful and a, a real good build around. Yes, we are normally against taking five, six CMC cards aggressively unless they're super busted. And this one is super busted. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's what I landed on here because I one, I, I don't even know if throughout the lifetime of the format with recognizing how good blue red was. I don't know if I got into blue red once in my life. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, I think this for me comes down to blood artist or Lear, depending on what you feel like drafting. And I forget if I mentioned this on the last cube episode or if I've just mentioned this on stream a bunch. In these weak-ish packs, I think one of the things that's a tiebreaker for me is can I wheel something out of the pack in the deck that I'm drafting? And one of the reasons that I 
went I didn't want to take Blood Artist here was there wasn't really anything for a black white or black red sacrifice deck. But you know, let's say there was like a recurrable one drop or a reassembling skeleton or whatever, something in the pack that I could say, well, I could take Blood Artist and maybe wheel this other card. That would be a bit of a tiebreaker for me. Whereas, you know, with Lear, you do have, I mean, it's, it's still a pretty weak pack, but you got something you could wheel. Banefire, there's a Spire Bluff Canal as a blue-red dual land that you could wheel. So I, I landed on Lear also because I wanted to draft blue-red. Yeah, I think that's totally reasonable. All right, pack one, pick two. First thing that jumps out to me is there's a companion in the pack, Ben. Yorian Sky Nomad. That's a five mana, four or five flyer. When it ETBs, you can blink any number of non-land permanents you both own and control, and they come back at your end step. And the companion clause is that you have to have 20 more cards than the minimum. So you have to have a 60-card limited deck rather than a 40-card limited deck. And then other cards, if we wanted to follow up with Leer, I'd say Sphinx of Foresight is quite good. Four mana, four, four flyer at the beginning of your upkeep, scry one. And if it's in your opening hand, you get to reveal it and scry three at the beginning of your first turn. Honestly, that's it. Is there anything else that jumps out to you? Maybe a Torolf's Disciple in a mono red deck, the two red, three, three haste. Whenever it yeah. attacks, you get four lightning bolts conjured in your library. I, I was wrong about that card. It's very good in mono red. <laughs> <laughs> ben Morney coming around to lightning bolt being a good card. Yeah. 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 Again, a pretty weak pack. And so, I mean, of course, memes aside, I really do think that taking Yorian here is great. It's early enough to take it. It gives your deck a direction, which is something I think you want in cube. Now, you don't have to companion this. I think it's quite strong as well, but I wouldn't be as excited to start my draft with two five drops if I'm not thinking about companioning Yorian. Yeah, I mean, definitely starting with two five drops, not where you want to be, but I I agree. And I don't even like companioning Yorian, and I think I would land on Yorian here just because the rest of the cards are so blech. I mean, unless you're going to take something like Torolf's Disciple and draft red or all seed of life's bounty and draft white, and then maybe you could wheel something like an Oketra's Monument is in the pack. Mm-hmm. But those are just making decisions like I want to draft this deck. And for me right now, I'm not interested in pushing into one of those things. Right. I, I just like cube, I think largely is about having fun for me and drafting something like mono red or mono white is not fun. I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum. Like if that's what you want to do, do that. But like all of the things Ben is saying is I'm drafting this deck with a plan. And part of that plan is taking the card and trying to wheel something else. Like we talked about with the blood artist pick just previously. Yep. So take Yorian into our pile. Pack one, pick three. This is actually a much stronger pack. A lot of good cards and, and good cards for what we have already. Um, in terms of like a Yorian flicker life, there's Llanowar Visionary, which is a three mana, two, two in green. When ETBs, you draw a card and you it taps to add green mana. That's like two of the things you really want for Yorian is ramp and an ETB effect. Speaking of ETB effects, there's another powerful five drop in Thrag Tusk. Five mana, five, three, ETBs gains five. And when it leaves the battlefield, you make a three, three beast. Um, Tangled Florahedron, as well as a third good green card. That's the MDFC two mana, one, one that taps for a green and also is a green ETB tapped land on the backside. I think if you wanted to stick with Leer, you could make an argument for Hieroglyphic Illumination. That's the three and a blue instant draw two cards with cycling single blue. And I guess if you wanted to just like pigeonhole yourself to blue red specifically you could take a cheap burn spell like pillar of flame single red sorcery deal two. if the thing dies you exile it um but i think that's a bit of a stretch for me i think if you wanted to push down mono white there's a venerated loxodon as well sure, four and a white yeah. for a four four convoke when etbs you put a plus plus one counter on each creature that convoked it i mean that's great and i want a white beat down deck but mm-hmm. i think 
you know, for me, the green cards are the power here. So a question I have for you is if you didn't have Yorian, I see that you selected land or visionary. If you mm-hmm. didn't have Yorian, how do you feel about visionary versus florahedron? I like Florahedron more, I think. I mean, like we've talked about this before, but the the two mana rampers and, and I, the few one mana rampers that exist like Goose and Llanowar Elves are just so important in their uniqueness. Like there's just so many more three mana rampers than two in the format. And ramping from two to four is much more important than ramping from three to five. Yeah, it's close for me because I really like the card draw on Visionary, but I, I think I would land on Florahedron as well. And the, the uh, this is a very small thing, but these small synergy things are things you want to think about. The MDFCs play well with the things that let you play lands from the top. I don't quite understand the rules intellectually, why that works, but like <laughs> Augur of Autumn or Oracle of Moldaya, which are in the cube, you can play these MDFCs off the top uh, with those cards. It's like me in pre-calculus. I didn't understand <laughs> the math anymore, but I knew what to do with the numbers <laughs> to get the right answer. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad. Like, it's, it's so surprising to me when, like when there are still magic rules that come up that I'm like, I don't understand why that works. It's a very complicated game. Um, so yeah, I think I would take Florahedron here if I didn't have Yorian. And I am at this point, you know, because this is my draft, I am thinking at this point, I'm going to companion Yorian because we have it early. Um, and so I think Land of War Visionary is the tiebreaker there. Yeah, I like it. All right. Pack one, pick four. Now we're seeing some power here. I think the best card in the pack, you know, if we're pack one, pick one is Chandra Torch of Defiance. That's the four mana, four loyalty planeswalker. You can plus it either to add red, red to your mana pool or plus it to exile the top card of your library. You can play it this turn. And if you don't, you deal two damage to your opponent. Minus three deals four damage. And I think minus seven is you get an emblem with whenever you cast a spell, you deal five to any target. That's tough to take here, though, right? It's a third color and it's another expensive spell. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, there's that. There's sort of body in mind, which is the busted equipment that mills tend and makes a wolf whenever it connects. It gives pro green and pro blue also. There's Showdown of the Scalds as a super powerful red white card, four mana saga that lets you exile the top four cards of your library and play those cards until the end of your next turn. And then whenever you cast a spell, you put a plus plus one counter on target creature you control over the next two turns. There's two mana ramp in Ornithopter of Paradise as the two mana O2 flyer that taps to add a mana of any color. There are a lot of good cards in this pack. Yeah, thinking about wanting to companion Yorian. And so one of the important things about companioning Yorian or a couple things is one, you basically can't take lands because if you want to get to about 33 playables, that just means that you're you only get a few duds out of each of the packs, right? You only get a few cards out of the three packs you're going to see that you're not going to end up playing. And so lands really can't be a part of that. So one of the reasons that green is such a good color for Yorian is if you do end up wanting to splash or play a third color, you can be green, white or green, blue and then use your green cards that let you fix to either find basics or something like Ornithopter of Paradise to fix your mana. So this is important. I was even looking at Skittering Surveyor because it's got an ETB effect and does that similar thing. But again, two mana versus three mana, I think the two mana spell just wins out every time. Well, yeah, and this is one of the reasons that it's tough starting a draft with two five drops as well, right? Because you just, you want to take Chandra here. Like, I want to take Chandra here, but you really can't in cube in good conscience take a card like Chandra with two good five drops when there's a two mana ramper. The two mana ramp is just too powerful to get you to your four and five drops ahead of schedule. Well, the other thing is, I don't think it's wrong to take Chandra here. I think you could say, look, Chandra's powerful. You could make an argument that taking Chandra means that's your best card of the four, that Chandra is better than Yorian and Lear and Llanowar Visionary. I think that's a fine argument to make. But you just then have to know, like, 
okay, I'm probably not going to end up companioning Yorian in like white, red, or blue, red, and probably doesn't go in the same deck. Chandra might go in the same deck as Lear. I've seen red, green beat down decks with that could play both Visionary and Chandra. That's fine. But again, you just have to have a plan and an idea of what you're doing. This should be just like for any limited format, but for cube specifically, you really, every pick you have to go, what am I, what am I doing with this? You can't just be bopping around being like, this is powerful and this is powerful. You have to have a plan. Yes. So I took the Ornithopter of Paradise here, still sticking to my Yorian companion idea, taking this colorless ramp. Pack one pick five is a bit of a yikes here. So there's no green cards to speak of. There's Lay Claim as the only blue card. This is a seven mana enchant permanent. You control enchanted permanent with cycling two. If we wanted to think about being base white with Yorian, there's Settle the Wreckage, the four mana instant exile all attacking creatures target player controls, and then they replace those creatures with basic lands from their deck. I guess there's like, I mean, the best card in the pack is Sarkon the Masterless. Would you agree with that? I definitely agree with that. Yep. Five mana Planeswalker, Loyalty five, pluses all your Planeswalkers are four, four dragons until end of turn. Minus three, make a four, four red dragon uh, with flying. But like, can we really take another five drop? I guess you can, again, thinking, you know, you could have taken Chandra and then this and be red. But like, I mean, I still kind of want to hang on to Yorian here. And so I took the Lay Claim, but I'm not happy about it. Yeah, I really don't like Lay Claim as a card in this cube. Yeah. I think it's a little too expensive. I would be leaning towards Settle or Sarkin here with the mm-hmm. idea that maybe if I take Sarkin, I might not be playing the blue cards. And yeah. then actually the card I like the most, if you're liking the Yorian Lear life, is Settle the Wreckage personally. But mm-hmm. I think you could argue that we've seen red signals now with back-to-back busted red planeswalkers, I think, too. And red is, if you're trying to win, I think one of the stronger colors in the arena cube along with blue. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, we, we also haven't mentioned, you can make an argument for Prismari Command, one blue, red, instant, choose one, you deal two, uh, target player draws two, then discard two, target player creates a treasure token or destroy a target artifact. You know, that's a, a spell that you can then cast again with Leer. We've got Ornithopter of Paradise if we're splashing red. I agree with the red signal argument here. Like we just saw Chandra, now we're seeing Sarkon. Maybe that's what we're supposed to do. Um, so I think you can make an argument for that. I stuck with the late claim, but I, I agree, I don't don't like the card i think it's expensive i think you're cycling it most of the time and that's not where you want to be in terms of picking a card maybe i should have just taken like the green white dual land here there's temple of plenty that's the scry land but yeah i i probably should have just taken sarkon all right moving on to pack one pick six what do we see here okay so i think far and away the best card maybe not far and away but the best card here in my mind is judith the scourge diva one black red two two other creatures you control get plus one plus oh and whenever a non-token creature you control dies it deals one damage to any target this is you know one of the keystone pieces to a red black sacrifice deck getting that ping you know it even though it doesn't count when your tokens die it does still pump your token so if you're getting tokens off of like the three mana chandra planeswalker or whatever making your reassembling skeleton a two one and then it dies and deals damage that's very strong and we're just seeing literal no green cards the only blue card is brainstorm which i don't particularly care about i guess you can flash it back with leer and that's pretty good but like I think I'm feeling like I got to jump ship or at least dip my toe in elsewhere out of this pack. 
Yeah, and I think this is an important thing to take away about reading Signals for Cube too, because there's there's two cards that stand out to me here. One is Judith mm-hmm. that you mentioned. The other is Smoldering Egg. It's one in red mm-hmm. for the 0-4 with Defender, and when you cast an instant or sorcery, you get Ember counters on an equal to the mana value of the spell that was cast. And then once it gets seven of those Ember counters, it flips into Ashmouth Dragon, which is a 4-4 flying that deals two anytime you cast an instant or a sorcery. Both of those cards are linchpins in their decks, right? Smoldering Egg is insane in blue-red. These are like those cheap cards that go in a deck, right? Smoldering Egg goes in blue-red. Judith goes in black-red sacrifice. And around pick five, six, seven, eight in cube, that's where you really start to see signals in the sense of, like you don't read signals based on power level in cube. You read signals based on cards that go in archetypes if you're really trying to read signals. And you couldn't just in cube just draft whatever the heck you feel like drafting. That's also fine. But if you're trying to bob and weave, these are signals in the sense that five other people have not picked Smoldering Egg, which is great in blue-red, and no one's picked Judith, which is great in black-red. So it might mean that those people aren't interested in drafting those decks. And to me, that's how I approach signal reading in cube. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's a great takeaway from from Ben in general here about cube and for this pack specifically. And maybe I should have landed on Smoldering Egg. I was just not feeling like one that blue was particularly open. You know, we haven't really seen much past the leer that we pack one pick one. And two, that I've just found black red to be open so often. And so if I'm going to jump ship from what I thought was going to be super fun, like maybe I get to companion Yorian, maybe I get to do something with leer, then I'm going to want to move into a deck that one, I, I, feel like I pilot and draft quite well, and two, that I feel like is underdrafted by the cube community in general. Well, I actually like the Judith pick here as well, because there's also a chance out of our pack one pick one that we wheel Blood Artist, right? Like, so taking Judith here thinking, well, if I wheel Blood Artist, like I am in, you know, and then if it doesn't work out, you could always fall back on this blue plan if, you know, maybe you start to see blue or whatever. Yeah. So I took Judith and immediately feel great about this decision because in the next pack, there's a Mayhem Devil. One black, red, three, three. Whenever a player sacrifices a permanent, it deals one damage to any target. Uh, Again, we're seeing no blue. I mean, there's a Hall of Storm Giants. That's the creature land that can become a seven, seven ward three. Um, Green, there's a Fauna Shaman and a Find Finality. We're not seeing anything. And I think you can make an argument that Mayhem Devil is the best card in this pack. Well, certainly the most synergistically powerful yeah. card, like as far as goes in an archetype, clearly, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Mayhem Devil is, it's kind of hard to make work, but we'll see some considerations in uh, future picks about maybe trying to boost this card a little bit. And again, so that's take- a huge boon for, there are six people that passed on a Mayhem Devil, right? Right. I mean, I have to feel, I mean, I don't know if Blood Artist is going to wheel or not because it was the literal only black card in the pack. But I, with Judith 6th and Mayhem Devil 7th, I'm pretty much locked in at this point, I think, to Black Red. And this is, I think, a, a big distinction, at least for me, in cube drafts versus regular limited formats, is I lock into a deck. I try and lock into a deck in pack one. I, I'm fine to bob and weave a little bit, um, but I try and lock into a deck in pack one, whereas if you think about Vow, like you really just don't want to lock into that second color, I think, in pack one a lot of the time. Right, like the whole concept of getting deep into a color so that you can then find your second color after getting a past a powerful card. Like that's just not real in cube, right? Because every card, you're going to see powerful cards. Right. The way that you get hooked up in cube is finding the open deck so that you can try to get like the best version possible of that deck. 
Yeah, so we'll see if we can't make that work here with this Mayhem Devil 7th. Pack 1, pick 8. Um, in terms of black or red cards, no red cards. Uh, there's a Palaka Predation. That's the MDFC. That's uh, 2 and a black sorcery. Target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a card from it with converted mana cost 3 or greater. That player discards that card. And God Eternal Bantu. Three black, black, five, six, zombie god, menace. When it ETBs, you can sacrifice any number of other permanents, then draw that many cards. And when it dies or is put into exile from the battlefield, you can put it three deep into your library instead. And like, not much else to talk about. I guess there's Conclave Mentor, if we wanted to like think about green, white. But like, we're, we're not trying to do anything else here. I think when there's something, you know, we just picked up Mayhem Devil and Judith, God Eternal Bantu. I know we poo-pooed this card on previous cube episodes, but this is exactly the kind of synergy you want to be looking for when you take a card like this. Well, and when you want to take it, right? There are no other mm-hmm. options. If there were a two drop for the black or red sacrifice yes. deck, you would take that over Bantu. Like what we still said about that card last week stands, but there's none of those other things. So you feel fine about Bantu and that's how you want to get your five drop finishers in cube. Yeah, for sure. So happy with that, you know, and I don't feel bad about probably scrapping i think my first five picks at this point with lake claim Lear, yorian Lanor, visionary and ornithopter of paradise and i'm just like i'm not worried about not making playables if i identify this open deck right all right here here it comes ben drum roll pack one pick nine did blood artist wheel wah, wah. no it did not and honestly a little surprising in that you know we took Lear out of this pack and Dismiss and Spell Pierce, the only other two blue cards in the pack, both wield. Yeah, I mean, Dismiss and Spell Pierce are both great. I see you selected Dismiss here. Is there any thought to Spell Pierce being way better with Leer as a one mana counterspell? Well, Leer doesn't care about counterspells at all because spells can't be countered. Oh, wow. That is text <laughs> on that card. How about that? <laughs> Never seen that before in my life. So I just took the better card slash, you know, you can dismiss something with Leer you don't counter it, but you still get to draw a card. Right. Um, so I, 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 I actually, maybe that's not how that works. Maybe I should, because counter target spell, we still target the thing. It just doesn't counter it. So I assume yeah, we still that get is to draw a card. Yes, yes, yes. But this this might be another surprising rules interaction for me <laughs> with uh, with magic here. So yeah, so I took Dismiss. I was, so, so here I was like, okay, there's nothing for me in terms of the red black life. Like I'm not going to take Bane fire, which is a X and a red spell deals X damage to any target. If X is five or more a spell can't be countered and damage can't be prevented. The X spells are sort of a dime a dozen. There's Perforos's intervention, which obviously can't go face. And there's uh there's devil's play as well. So you'll, you can get that effect if you want. And I don't find that the red black decks usually want that effect just because it's expensive. And so I thought, well, maybe this dismiss and spell pierce wheeling just means that there weren't a lot of blue cards in the pack period and blue is actually open, you know? Yeah, I think that's certainly a reasonable stance to take here for sure. Yeah. So that's what I I landed on and I was like, well, maybe I'm going to go back to blue. Pack one, pick 10. No blue cards here. Mm, No real green cards. There's dragons, guard elite. That's the two mana, two, two magecraft gets a plus plus one counter. You can pay six mana to double its counters. I landed on, this is the kind of like big X spell I like in these red decks. Insult to Injury has really impressed me in the cube. Front side, three mana, damage can't be prevented, and uh, all of your sources deal double damage this turn. And Injury is an aftermath spell, uh, deals two damage to target player and two damage to target creature. 
Yeah, love that pickup here. And again, you're fine drafting two decks simultaneously yeah. in cube. Like it is not a problem right now. Like our picks look like a mess if you look on 17 <laughs> lands, right? There's like four blue cards, a green card, two black, red, gold cards, an insult injury. Like we're totally fine because you're going to make playables easily in either deck. And I think we're just trying to feel it out. What's more open here? I think we're leaning black, red, but could also still pivot back to blue depending on what we see. Right. Just based on my experience in the cube, I assume black red will be more open than blue will be. But the dismiss and spell pierce wheeling made me think, huh, maybe it's it was just like a weird mix of cards, how things were distributed, etc. That like blue is still actually open, just haven't seen good cards. Um, the pack rounds out pack one pick 11. We get a reassembling skeleton. That's one of the like nice, really key pieces to a black red sack deck Two mana one, one, and you can pay one in a black to return it from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Yeah. Love that pickup here. Very strong pack one pick 12. The aforementioned perforosis intervention X and a red sorcery. Choose one, either make an X one red elemental creature with trample and haste. And you sack it at the beginning of the next end step, or you can deal twice X damage to target creature or planeswalker. Yeah, fine. You're not excited about it. Pretty fillerish. Pack one, pick 13. Two really good cards for Black Red. Cursebound Witch, single black, one, two. When it dies, draft a card from its spellbook. And Null Priest of Oblivion, one in a black, two, one. Kicker three in a black. It has Menace and Lifelink. And if it enters the battlefield kicked, you get to return a creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah, both of those are a breath of fresh air to see here because prior to this, our curve was looking atrocious for <laughs> both decks, which is yes. really, really, really bad in cube. And so picking up synergistic pieces like this that are one and two mana value for the black red deck, super important. And I think I like Cursebound Witch better. Yep, that's what I landed on as well. Uh, grabbed a red-white dual land, Needle Verge Pathway. That's the red land on the front, white on the back uh, next, and then Fauna Shaman last. So what we, in addition to the draft, follow along, you'll see these links to you know end of pack one, end of pack two. If we look at the end of pack one, like Ben said, it looks like a bit of a pile, right? We've We probably are leaning black-red, especially with late Judith, late Mayhem Devil, then Bantu, and then that, you know, with three cards left in the pack, two of them being really strong role players in Cursebound Witch and Null Priest of Oblivion, I think that makes me feel like we're going to land on Black Red here. Yes. In my mind, we're definitely Black Red. Like we saw minimal blue. I think blue is really good in the cube, was pretty clearly contested in pack one. So I am locked in on Black Red right now. And I think also important to note as we head into pack two, we have got to lower our curve. Yeah, that's a really, really important piece of this puzzle because not only do you just want to have a low curve in cube in general be just because like got to be able to either keep up with the ramp decks or keep pace with the aggro decks but this deck in specific wants to be able to support judith and mayhem devil and the only way you do that is by having a board presence prior to playing those cards yes all right so looking at pack two pick one if we're thinking we're black red here looking at cards in consideration i see Thoughtseize is just a generically powerful card, a little less good in the arena cube than it is in something like Vintage Cube, but black for the yeah. sorcery. Target player reveals their hand, choose a non-land card from it, and that player discards a card, you lose two life. There's Mire Triton, one of black for the 2-1 Death Touch. When it ETBs, you put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard and gain two. There's Embrus Shieldbreaker, one in a red, 2-1, and has the Adventure Battle Display for a single red, destroy target artifact. And then just like some generically powerful cards like a Crystalline Giant that's the three mana 3-3 three, three that gets a counter at the beginning of every combat of like Vigilance, Trample, whatever. 
And then Ox of Agonis, again, but we don't need five drops. It's the five mana four two that when it ETBs, you discard your hand, you draw three. Yeah. Um, I landed on Meyer Triton here. I agree with your assessment of Thoughtseize. Like in Vintage Cube, Thoughtseize is awesome because it's a cheap way to disrupt two-card combos, grab super powerful cards out of people's hands. I think that's less important in the Arena Cube. Um, Meyer Triton lowers our curve. The incidental self-mill is quite good if you get stuff that has escape, specifically Woe Strider. It's good with the recurrable creatures, which we already have one of in Reassembling Skeleton. Um, so I like Meyer Triton here myself. Yeah. And again, this is not a great pickup, but it is no. dictated by we need two drops. <laughs> yeah. And, I th- you know, when I shared this draft log with Ben, I was like, what about this one? He was like, oh, this is a good draft in terms of a lot of, quote, eat your vegetables picks. And I think this is one of those eat your vegetables picks here. Well, and just a lot of good cube teaching tips, too, because it's not often that you're forced to pivot like this in cube, but mm-hmm. I do think we were almost forced to pivot out of that blue deck. It was so cut. Yeah, I did, didn't see anything. The dismiss maybe gave us a little bit of hope, but you know those late black role players, I think, really solidified it here. What's going on? Pack two, pick two. There's a lot of good cards in colors that we are not. <laughs> There's Shark Typhoon um, for a blue deck where you can cycle it and pay X and make an XX shark creature token with flying at instant speed. There's Karn Scion of Urza as just a generically powerful card. Four mana Planeswalker, five loyalty. You can plus to reveal the top two and your opponent chooses one of them to put in your hand. And you exile the other with a silver counter on it. Then you can down tick with minus one to put a card you own with a silver counter on it from exile into your hand. Or you can minus two to make a Karnstruct, as they are affectionately known, which is a zero zero artifact creature token with plus one plus one for each artifact you control. So uh, Luminarch Aspirant as a white beatdown deck, two mana one one, put a plus one plus one counter at the beginning of your end step on a creature you control. So a lot of good cards in other colors. For us, really, the only thing there is here is Immersturm Predator, which is four mana three three flyer, black red gold card. Whenever it becomes tapped, you exile up to one target card from a graveyard and put a plus one plus one counter on it. And free sack outlet, baby. You can sack another creature to give it indestructible until end of turn and then tap it. Yeah. So while this card is four mana, which, you know, we one of the things we said going into this pack is we got to lower our curve. It's just too important to the deck or too unique of an effect for the deck. And especially with Mayhem Devil and Judith already, a free sack outlet can close the door quickly and such has such high synergy for our deck as well. That like, you know, there's a card like Hogramalling, which is a four mana removal spell MDFC, Viashino Pyromancer, two mana two one ETBs deals two damage to target player or planeswalker. Like we'd be happy to play both of those cards, but the free sack outlets, this, Woe Strider, Priest of the Forgotten Gods, those kinds of ways to sack stuff for no mana are really important to this archetype working. Yep. So you slam Immersturm Predator here. And I think going forward, we're just only going to talk about black and red cards because picking that up, you are 100% locked. We're locked. I think that's totally fair. Yeah, for sure. Pack two, pick three. This sort of this sort of hurt to have the, have to make this decision, Ben. Yeah, who baby. So there's Dust Legion Zealot here. One in a black, one, one. When ETBs, you draw a card and you lose a life. There's Village Rites, black instant as an additional cost to cast it. You sack a creature and then draw two cards. There's Play with Fire, red instant, deal two to any target. If a player is dealt damage this way, you scry one. There's Dread Wanderer, black for a 2-1. It ETBs tapped and you can pay two in a black to return it from your graveyard to the battlefield. Only anytime you could cast a sorcery and only if you have one or fewer cards in hand. And then Double Vision, that's not for us. That's a blue-red spells card. And then there's Loth Spider Queen, three black black, four loyalty, Whenever a creature you control dies, put a loyalty counter on Lolth. 
zero, you draw a card, lose a life, minus three, make two, two, one black spider creature tokens with menace and reach, and minus eight, you get an emblem with whenever an opponent's dealt combat damage by one or more creatures you control. If that player lost less than eight life this turn, they lose life equal to the difference. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about how Lolth is one of the best cards in this cube, one of the best additions to the cube this time around. I, I, I took the one drop here over it. I felt bad doing it. And I think if you don't have God Eternal Bantu, then you can say, all right, I'll take my first five drop here. But Dread Wanderer is so important to the deck as a recurrable one drop. We are, already have Meyer Triton as a like self-mill piece. We already have one free sack outlet that wants those recurrable cards. I just felt like Wanderer was too important of a piece to the deck in terms of its role player status versus the raw power of Lolth. You're a better man than I am. I couldn't have done it. <laughs> I would have taken Lolth. I think there's an argument too for taking Lolth and then you're very likely to wheel one of Dreadwander or Dust Legion Zealot. Yes. So it's not too big of a hit to your curve. I I just love Lolth too much. I would have taken it, but I think I admire your commitment. I think that's totally reasonable and I do think that's likely that one of those two creatures wheels. I just again, yeah, like I said, I think I think the recurrable nature of Wanderer made me want to take it here. Yeah. All right, moving on to pack 2, pick 4. See the following cards as options. There's Goblin Banneret, not for us, that's more of a mono red card. Elspus Nightmare, two and a black for the Enchantment Saga. Chapter one, destroy target creature and opponent controls power two or less. Chapter two, target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-creature, non-land card from it for them to discard. And chapter three, you exile their graveyard. There's Mythos of Nathroi, two and a black instant, destroy target non-land permanent if it's a creature, or if green-white was spent to cast this spell. And there's Gutter Bones, black for a 2-1. Skeleton Warrior, ETB's tapped. You can pay one and a black to return Gutter Bones from your graveyard to your hand. Activate this ability only during your turn and only if an opponent lost life this turn. Yeah, this was a really hard pick. Again, another key recurrable one drop in this deck versus a really powerful card in my mind in Elspeth's Nightmare. Well, yeah, and this is where the last pick sort of dictates this pick a little bit too, right? If you're greedy like I am and you take both <laughs> and then like you want to take Elspeth's Nightmare and you can't like, and it's just so easy with Cube to end up with a bunch of three and four mana, five mana cards that are very good. But so if you take Lolth, you almost have to take Gutter Bones here yes. to get your curve lower. But the fact that you were disciplined and took Dreadwander really means you have a choice between Nightmare and Gutter Bones, I think. And you're pretty likely to wheel Gutter Bones. I think that's true. And but also like when you're thinking about these redundant effects, you also want to clock when you're passing them. And so like if you had passed Dread Wanderer, and you think maybe there's a chance it doesn't wheel in the last pack, then you really do have to take Gutter Bones here to be like, look, I, I want to have these kinds of effects if I can, and I know I just passed up on one, so the value of Gutter Bones now goes up in this pack. So I, I sort of do agree that the last pick dictates this pick. If you take Loth, I think you have to take Gutter Bones. If you take Dread Wanderer, I think you could still take Gutter Bones, but you have options to take Nightmare, which is what I landed on. Yeah, Nightmare's busted. I like the pick here. Moving on to pack two, pick five. Pretty Oof. easy pick here. There's yeah. only foul play, uh, which is one in a black sorcery to start target creature power two or less investigate. Only other black or red card in the pack is Experimental Frenzy, which is busted in mono red, but kind of clunky and awkward in a card in a deck like Black Red Sacrifice. And this felt kind of bad to me. Like this made me go, ooh, I wish I had like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. But Elspeth's Nightmare and Foul Play do similar things. Obviously, the ceiling on Nightmare is higher, but some decks just don't have a lot of 
power two or less creatures, you know, that you want to be able to nab. And so I was a little worried about having both of these effects. But like you said, there's just no options here for me. Like there, I'm feeling sad seeing Discover the Formula and Oracle of Moldiah, but that ship has sailed. Ship has way sailed. Yeah, we are full on committed to Black Red. And you don't have to play this foul play. It's fine no. to have a blank pack. You're going to make playables in cube. Yeah. Moving on to pack two, pick six. Whew, the hits keep coming. <laughs> or or not keep coming, as it were. <laughs> yeah. So cards for the other deck we could have been drafting. Timeless Witness, the 2GG21 when ETBs you return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand and has Eternalize. It's also an Illyrios Enraptured as just great defensive card. For us, there's really nothing. There's a Black Greenland, there's Torbrin, Thane of Redfell, which is insane for mono red. That's one red red for the 2-4 that if a red source you control but deal damage to an opponent or permanent opponent controls, it does two extra instead. There's Sign in Blood, Black Black Sorcery target player draws two cards and loses two life. I think I would take that here over Blooming Marsh myself. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't really defend this pick here. I don't know what I was thinking about by taking the black green uh, fast land here. I, I don't know what green cards I would have in my mind to potentially splash in a deck like this. Maybe it's just my ever flowing love for Jund showing through. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Sign and Blood makes sense. I just really don't want to play those like raw card draw spells, especially in a deck like Black Red, which has card advantage built into so many of, you know, the recurrable threats, God Eternal Bantu we already have, etc. Um, but I think Sign and Blood is the correct pick here. All right, moving on to pack two, pick seven. Bit of a yikes again. So good thing we ate our vegetables and took low CMC cards because the only black or red card in this pack is Bolus's Citadel. It's three black, 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 legendary artifact. Look at the top card of your library anytime. You can play the top card of your library, and if you cast a spell that way, you cast it by paying life equal to its converted mana cost rather than paying its mana cost. And you can also tap it to sacrifice 10 non-land permanents to have each opponent lose 10 life. I mean, I was pretty thrilled to get Citadel here. I think its best home is black-white because you get life gain there to mitigate the life loss from Citadel. But as we talked about before, I mean, God Eternal Bantu plus Judith or Mayhem Devil is combo kill territory, and so is Bolus's Citadel. Well, and this is just going back to, again, that Lolth pick. Like, you feel like a genius here for taking Dreadwater, <laughs> right? I mean, and I would feel really sad. So there is a lot to be said for in-cube pushing towards the low end of your curve. Now, you can take that concept too far, and you're going to have to, like, figure out that for yourself as you go. But this is the reason to not take Lolth, because there are other great five and six drop black cards. And is Bolus's Citadel worse than Lolth? Sure. But is it still going to be a great card in your deck right now? Absolutely. Plus, you also have that one drop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. All right, moving on to pack two, pick eight. Again, a fairly weak-ish pack. Uh, there's Scorching Dragonfire, one in a red, instant, deal three damage to our creature Planeswalker. If that creature Planeswalker would die, you exile it. There's Captivating Crew, which is spicy in a black-red sacrifice deck. That's three in a red for the four three, and you can pay three in a red to gain control of target creature and opponent controls until end of turn untap it give it haste so it's active treason on a stick here for cards like immersturm predator you can potentially steal your opponent's stuff and then sacrifice it and there's also agadim's awakening here the uh mdfc black 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 x return from your graveyard to the battlefield any number of target creature cards that have a different converted mana cost x or less and on the back side it's agadim the Endercrypt, the black land that you can pay three life to have enter untapped yeah, I just think Captivating Crew is too slow for these decks. I know it's like appealing to be like, oh, you know, four mana, four, three, and then you can pay four mana. That's just four mana, four, three is bad in terms of stats. And then you have to untap with it. 
and then want to pump four mana into it to steal something, and which is only good if you already have a free sack outlet. That's just a, too many ifs for me. I just felt like Agadim's Awakening, you know, when I can, if I feel like I'm going to make playables, MDFCs are great. Awakening being one of the better ones because it can come into play untapped. And I already had ways to kill small stuff with foul play and Elspeth's Nightmare that I wasn't super worried about Scorching Dragonfire. So I landed on the MDFC here. I actually like that pick too. And you're also going to have, assuming we draft well in pack three, you already have good one, two, and three drops, and you should end up with more good one, two, and three drops, which is where Agadim's Awakening is going to be at its best. For sure. Moving on to pack two, pick nine. You get a choice between Scorch Spitter or Ox. Take the Scorch Spitter as the one drop. Again, you're hoping to not play it, but could in case of emergency. Right. Pick 10, get a Magma Quake, Red Red X Instant, deals X damage to each creature without flying in each Planeswalker. Again, hoping to not play it, but you could. I'm feeling a little nervous at this point, because so if we remember, there was a Viashino Pyromancer and Hogramalling in the pack, as well as Doomed Necromancer, which I didn't want to play. That's the three mana two, two, and you can pay black tap sack it to return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. But like Pyromancer and Mauling both being gone, I'm a little nervous that like someone else is in our business. Eh, Pyromancer is more of a mono red card. Mauling's good in any black deck. But yeah, I agree. It's possible someone else is trying to draft black red. Mm-hmm. Joke's on them. You've got all the best black red cards. <laughs> <They're gold. laughs> That's right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> pack two, pick 11. Boom, baby. You wheel Dust Legion Zealot. One and a black for the one one when ETBs you draw a card and lose a life. That's just bread and butter premium two drop for the style of deck. Yeah, but then no black or red cards in the last four picks. I mean, I guess Experimental Frenzy comes around, but I can't play that in non-mono red, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you're in a tough spot. So let's dive into where you're at at the end of pack two here. So end of pack two, if you look at this link, you'll see like the, the curve of the cards that we can play and then all the cards we have drafted off to the side. So we're looking at 18 playables, well, really 17 if we think about Agadim's Awakening as a land. But that's, count. I mean, counting Experimental Frenzy. I'm hoping to not play Frenzy. I'm hoping to not play Magma Quake. You know, I'm hoping to not play Scorch Spitter. So it's we're in a little bit of a tough situation right now. You need pack three to go well, but I think you're on track to have a good black-red sacrifice deck. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. I think going into pack three, the things that I'm looking for are cheap, cards and free sack outlets if i can find them free or just sack outlets period but obviously priest and woe strider are going to be very high picks yes completely agree all right pack three pick one lots of red and black cards to choose from here uh there's some removal spells in skewer the critics that's three mana sorcery deal three to any target spectacle single red raska's contempt four mana instant exile target creature or planeswalker you gain to life in terms of cheap threats, there are three one-drops, though they're not one-drops that I think I'm hoping to play in this deck. There's Bomat Courier, uh, one mana, one one artifact with haste. When it attacks, you exile the top card of your library face down, and you can pay red, discard your hand, sack Bomat Courier to put all cards exiled with it into their owner's hand. There's Soulscar Mage, single red one two with prowess. If a source you control would deal non-combat damage to a creature an opponent controls, put that many minus one minus one counters on that creature instead. This card actually has real synergy with both Judith and Mayhem Devil, right? Because both of those are going to deal non-combat damage, and so they deal their damage to creatures as minus one minus one counters um there's valentin dean of the vein single black one one menace lifelink if a non-token creature an opponent controls would die exile it instead when you do you may pay two if you do you make a one one black and green pest token and then top end we've got siege gang commander five mana two two goblin makes three one one goblins you may one in a red to sack a goblin deal two to any target or a planeswalker zariel archduke of avernus four mana four loyalty 
plus one creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain haste zero create a one one red devil creature token with when this creature dies it deals one damage to any target and minus six you get an emblem with at the end of the first combat phase on your turn untap target creature you control after this phase there is an additional combat phase yeah a lot of options here good news for you is you're almost certainly wheeling a playable out of this pack i think i would be trying to decide between soul scar mage and zerial and siege gang commander Mm -hmm. I think I would probably land on Zerial. We only have one four drop we're hoping to play right now in Immerstorm Predator and Zerial slots great into a black red sacrifice deck. Yeah, just like the free stream of 1-1 Devils. A lot of decks just have a hard time pushing through that period, plus its synergy in our deck. I, I landed on Zerial as well. And just hoping that, you know, any of those one drops, I think maybe Soul Scar Mage would be my preference to wheel, but any of those one drops I'd be happy with. Pack three, pick two. Bit of a yikes here, Ben. Uh, some expensive <laughs> black cards with Cruel Reality, which is just way too slow. Seven mana enchantment, enchant player at the beginning of enchanted player's upkeep. That player sacks a creature or planeswalker. If they can't, they lose five life. Professor Onyx. I mean, I can't play another six mana card here, right? I have Bolus of Citadel. I have Insult to Inter- Injury, which is effectively a six mana card if you're going to maximize it. I also have Agadim's Awakening, which is going to be at its best as a six mana play. So like I can't take this six mana planeswalker. And then I'm just left with like Royal Eruption, one on a red sorcery, deal three to any target. And then it has Kicker five, deal five instead. I mean, a fine pickup, not what you're hoping to get pack three, pick two, but a playable and going to go at the bottom of the curve. Yep. Little bit of vegetables there. Pack three, pick three. Very interesting decision here. There's a card I like very much. Crypt Breaker, single black for a 1-1 zombie. You can pay one on a black, tap, discard a card, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. And you can also tap three untapped zombies you control to draw a card and lose a life. Another really good card with your recurrable creatures like Skeleton or Dread Wanderer. There's Kazul's Fury as an MDFC, two and a red instant as an additional cost to cast it, sack a creature, and it deals damage equal to the sacrificed creature's power to any target. And Weaponize the Monsters, single red enchantment, pay two, sack a creature, it deals two damage to any target. Yeah, you're burying the lead here. Weaponize is busted, right? I mean, there's no world you're taking anything other than Weaponize the Monsters here. And again, I think this is a spot where you could say, well, maybe I take Crypt Breaker and you can wheel Weaponize just because one black red seemed so open, especially in pack one with Judith and uh, Mayhem Devil going late. But it's just too important, right? It's too important to try and wheel this card. I think this is another trap that people get into. You know, you get to a point where you feel comfortable in cube. You know, like, okay, I've found an open archetype, etc. One, we, we might have someone else in our business at the table, as we've sort of felt throughout the draft. But two, this is, we only have one sack outlet right now with Predator. I mean, I, you know, we have Got a Turtle Bantu as a one-off, Bolus of Citadel as a one-off. But if we're going to make Mayhem Devil and Judith feel their best, we need Weaponize the Monsters. Yes, completely agree. All right, pack three, pick four. What's happening here, Ben? <laughs> Shatter Skull Smashing, MDFC X Red Red Sorcery. It deals X damage divided as you choose among up to two target creatures and or planeswalkers. If X is six or more, uh, it deals twice X damage divided as you choose instead. Witch of the Moors, three black black for a 4-4 death touch at the beginning of your end step. If you gained life this turn, each opponent sacks a creature and you may return up to one creature from your graveyard to your hand. I think we have, no, we have Mire Triton, which gains life, and that's about it. So that's that's going to be a no for me. And then Fabled Passage. This is the land. You tap, sack it, search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, unless you control four or more lands, in which case it comes into play untapped. 
Yeah, this is the world's saddest fabled passage, and I am starting to worry now. <laughs> I'm worried. Now, it is important to note that fabled passage does have synergy with Mayhem Devil, so all is not lost. But this is a this is sad. We had to take what do we have to take? We took Royal Eruption second, and now we're taking a land fourth when we're also kind of worried about making playables. Pretty terrifying. Yeah, tough draft. Pack three, pick five. Only card for us in red or black is Battlecry Goblin. One on a red, two, two. Uh, you can pay one on a red. Goblins you control get plus one, plus oh, and gain haste until end of turn. And it has pack tactics. Whenever it attacks, if you attacked with a total of six or more power, you get to make a one, one red goblin creature token tapped and attacking. This is pretty terrible. Like you're hoping to <laughs> not play Battlecry Goblin in this deck, but this pack is not great for anything other than a white control deck. I mean, there's a Cleansing Nova here that's the five mana Wrath, but there's not a lot going on. No, for sure. And you know, whatever. It's a Battlecry Goblin is a fine two drop. It makes extra bodies. Like, but I agree. I'm I'm not hoping to to play it, and I'm certainly not hoping to pick it. Pack three, pick five. When I would assume slash hope that my lane were a bit more open. But glory, hallelujah! Pack three, pick six. We do have options. There's Jadar, Ghoul Caller of Nephalia, one on a black 1-1. One, one. At the beginning of your end step, if you control no creatures with Decayed, you make a 2-2 two, two black zombie creature token with Decayed. Colagon's Command, one black red instant choose two. Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Target player discards a card. Destroy target artifact. Or it deals two damage to target creature or player. There's a black red dual land, Blight Step Pathway, black on one side, red on the other. And a card that I'm curious your thoughts on in cube in general and in a deck like this Dollhouse of Horrors. Five mana artifact, one tap, exile a creature card from your graveyard, create a token that's a copy of it, and except it's a, a construct, right? It's a zero zero token that gets plus one plus one for each construct you control. I don't like it in this deck or in cube in general, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's just way too slow. Like you can't afford to do either nothing on turn five if you're tapping out for this, or on turn six, playing this and you know, getting back something as a one-one. It's just too slow, I think, for cube. Too too unimpactful. I'm glad I got the right answer there. I was a little worried <laughs> that you had found some sweet use for Dollhouse of Horrors that I didn't know. I was a little stressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you, you can stay on the podcast. You, you answered correctly. <laughs> so yeah, I think we need low drops. I think Jadar is insane in Black Red Sacrifice. And while Kolagon's Command is great, I think our deck needs Jadar more than it needs Kolagon's Command. And ideally, we'd have more playables and could take a black-red duel now that we know we're in black-red, but we are not uh, flowing with playables enough that we can afford to take a black-red duel here. Well, and I would make the argument that Jadar, like normally, yes, like let's say we were on track to make playables or we were already there. I would be, you know, when you're in those spots, you want to take dual lands when you can, right? We, we've talked about this before with the Arena Cube of like, we don't take lands early. We want to find our two-color lane. And once we find our two-color lane, unless we're seeing cards that are super-duper above replacement level or like really important cards to an archetype, taking the dual lands is really powerful. One, we can't afford to do that. And two, I would make the argument that Jadar is a cut above. It is really unique in terms of what it provides for black-red decks. I agree with that stance. Pack three, pick seven, however... I would argue that we are not faced with that decision. The only red card is Maniform Hellkite. Two red red, four four flyer. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you make an XX red dragon illusion creature token with flying in haste, where X is that spell's mana value. And then you exile that token at the beginning of the next end step. And there's a black red dual land, Canyon Slough, uh, taps for black or red, or has cycling too. Yeah, I mean, you take Canyon Slough here and you're not happy about it. And we yep. have one more shot for a sacrifice outlet. <laughs> 
We do. And we don't get a sacrifice outlet, though we do have choices here. Uh, Scrap Heap Scrounger for pack three, pick eight, two mana, three, two artifact. It can't block. And you can pay one in a black, exile another creature card from your graveyard to return Scrap Heap Scrounger from your graveyard to the battlefield. Malakir Rebirth, single black, instant, choose target creature. You lose two life until end of turn. That creature gains. When this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. It's also an MDFC, tapped black source on the backside. And a card that I've liked, I found incidental graveyard hate to be quite good, Hive of the Eye Tyrant. This is the black creature land, and you can pay three and a black to make it a 3-3 creature with menace when it attacks exile a card from an opponent's graveyard. Yeah, I think normally, again, we would love to take Hive of the Eye Tyrant, but we just need two drop beaters, and I think Scrap Heap Scrounger fits the bill with what our deck's trying to do. We're almost not even a sacrifice deck anymore. We're more of a black-red beatdown deck with a sacrifice sub-theme, almost, yeah. and, and Scrap Heap Scrounger is great there. Yeah, I would say it's black-red aggro with quite a bit of reach, right? You know, we've got Weaponize the Monsters, Mayhem Devil, Judith, Bolus of Citadel, Insult to Injury, a lot of ways to push damage to back up a low curve of creatures. But I, I agree, it's not like the best version of these decks. Interesting, pack three, pick nine. We have options on the wheel. Uh, three red cards, Skewer the Critics. Soul Scar Mage and Siege Gang Commander. What do you like out of this bunch? I think we have shored up the bottom of our curve enough that we are not in dire need of something like Soul Scar Mage. And I do think what you were just talking about, we're, our deck's plan right now, we're not a sacrifice deck. We are going to try to get in early damage through aggression and then try to close the game out with reach. And I think Siege Gang Commander is the perfect card to fit that bill. And because we only have two sack outlets, right? I mean, we can, we also have Jadar, but our two sack outlets are Immerstorm Predator and Weaponize the Monsters as, as the ways to do that repeatably. And Siege Gang Commander also does that. So we really do want that sort of synergy with Mayhem Devil, you know, getting four bodies for Bolus of Citadel or God Eternal Bantu. Um, and because I only do have, you know, I've got the two sixes if we're thinking about Insult to Injury and Bolus of Citadel, but I only have the one five drop, right? I think this pick again is different had we taken Lolth earlier. Then we have to take Soulscar Mage, I think. Yes, I completely agree. Your Lolth pick, again, looking genius. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, there wasn't much in these packs the first time around, not much on the wheel. Uh, a Traxos, Scourge of Krug that we're not playing. We do get Kazool's Fury, the, the sacrifice MDFC on the wheel. And then nothing. No other cards that are going to make our deck on the wheel. Wilderness Reclamation, pack three, pick 14. It's just it's just egregious, Ben. It's it really just egregious. Is. So and upsetting. And it's funny looking through these packs. I think had you stuck with Bant... I think you probably would have gotten there, but I like the decision to go black red. And I think the other possible route through this draft was if you take pick three or that Chandra, the first time we saw Chandra, mm -hmm. if you take Chandra into Sarkin, I think you probably draft on fairly easy mode and are probably just able to go mono red. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. You can take like Bomat Courier out of that pack, three pick one, wheel the Soul Scar Mage, like you you probably could have gotten there on mono red for sure. So what does our final deck look like? Well, we don't, you, you know, one of the things that I was hoping to have, and this might just be something for a future cube episode, is a deck where we then got to talk about, okay, why are we leaving these cards on the sidelines? And why did these cards make the main deck? But as you saw throughout the draft, we really didn't have choices. We're basically just playing the deck that we end up playing, right? No sideboard options, but it's a pretty good looking deck. Uh, 16 lands, plus two MDFCs in Kazul's Fury and Agadim's Awakening. Only three one-drops. We talked about the two repeatable ways to sacrifice stuff with Weaponize and Predator. You know, Judith and Mayhem Devil is pretty good payoffs for the deck. 
low curve of creatures, some pieces of interaction, Elspeth's nightmare, foul play, Perforos's intervention. Uh, we got our Planeswalkers, Ariel. Like, this isn't the best red-black deck, but it definitely works. Yeah, and I think one of the other important things to take away is that through the whole draft, you and I had a running list of cards we were hoping to see for this deck. Mm -hmm. And if we were drafting some other deck, like, you know, Blue Green Wilderness Reclamation, there would be a list of cards we're hoping to see and kind of have priorities. And as you get more familiar with Cube and you see how your decks work and you see the decks the opponents play and you see which cards are key for them, you just kind of need to keep a mental note of which cards really make the archetypes tick. And then you'll get better at that sort of thing over time. And that's how you can make those picks of like, I'm going to take this land because I'm making playables and I'm not seeing those above replacement cards versus, oh, discover the formula is in this pack. I have to take that. Or like once you have time warp, really valuing regrowth and Balagid recovery and timeless witness, you know, looking for those ways to make your good cards their best, that type of deal. Like that's one of the things that I think is really interesting for Cube in terms of, you know, there aren't really pick orders per se, or once you know what archetype you're in or what deck you're in or what cards you're trying to maximize, then you have an idea of like what cards outweigh the others. Well, and like you saw there with the Lolt decision, a lot of times it's not pick orders so much as curve considerations. Like if you take expensive cards early, you got to take cheap cards late. And if you take cheap cards early, then you have more flexibility to decide which finishers you want to pick. So it's just such a, a fascinating puzzle. And, you know, I think this deck did end up performing well. I think it 3-0'd. Um, but, you know, it's best of three and we have no sideboard, basically. Like there's a magma quake <laughs> over there, but this is basically playing best of one against the same deck three matches in a row. And do you remember, did the deck play out kind of how we described as aggressive yeah. with reach or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we closed out at least one game with Bolas's Citadel, um, which was a really, really strong card in the deck. And yeah, just low curve, cheap interaction and a lot of top end ways to close out games to like push that, you know, aggressive start to where it needed to be. That's how the deck played out for sure. Man, I'm all fired up about cube and it's gone. <laughs> it's so sad. I just like, why are they leaving us with this week before the, uh, the double feature format comes out? I don't get it. I really want to do one of these for the Tinkerer's Cube now because I love the Tinkerer's Cube. Yeah, hopefully they'll bring that back maybe after uh, after Neon Dynasty before the following set. That'd be super fun. All right. Anything else you want to get out there about Cube? No, I just love it. And I'm I'm really happy about all the feedback we've gotten about our Cube episodes. And, you know, if you have thoughts about this episode, please let us know. Um, but it, it gives me hope because I know you and I really love Cube. It's one of the things that I think bonded us early on. And I think we were a little discouraged about eh, people don't really respond well to our cube episodes. And I think with the advent of cubes on magic arena, like this one, um, I think people are fired up about it as much as we are. And I think now's the time to jump in. If you've been on the fence, because the longer you wait, the more cards are going to get added to arena and the more the barrier to entry is going to raise. Right. All right. Great place to wrap us up. Go forth cube. Thank you as always to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Thanks so much to ChannelFireball.com for sponsoring this podcast. If you're heading over to CFB for any and all purchases or signing up for CFB Pro, please use the code LOL when you check out to let them know we sent you there. And you can also check us out streaming. I'm at twitch.tv slash Lord Tupperware. Ben is at twitch.tv slash Mr. Metronome. Mr. is spelled out. We're both under those same usernames on Twitter and you can tweet at the podcast at Lords of Limited. If you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, shoot us an email at Lords of Limited at gmail. Com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Lords of Limited. Thanks, everybody. See you later.
and minus eight, you get an emblem with whenever. An Who cares about the ultimate? <laughs> You're just gonna give up? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna try again. <laughs> 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 